The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, we will begin our reading after a word of prayer with verse number 12 as we look together today at the fundamentals of the gospel and how Paul begins to defend them concerning the false doctrine that had infiltrated the church of Corinth. First, a word of prayer, and then we'll read together verse number 12. Father, I come now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for this privilege to preach your word, and I pray that the preaching would reach the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls, and that we would say a word from your scriptures that would speak to the hearts of people, and their lives could be strengthened, could be salvaged, could be saved from that destruction that awaits them at the end of life's road if they do not turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to save them from hell, from sin, and from self. God, speak to hearts, I pray, and may you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Verse number 12, the Bible says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. And so now we look at the defense of the fundamentals of the gospel. Verse 12, they are defended due to the presence of false doctrine. Verses 13 through 18, they are defended due to the problem of false doctrine. 
And then in verse 19, they are defended due to the persuasion of false doctrine. It's amazing how persuasive false teachers can be and how persuasive false teaching or false doctrine can be. People will leave the truth having been fooled, tricked, and persuaded by some false teacher. It's sad, it's heartbreaking, but it is reality. Back to verse number 12. Paul defends the gospel in its death, burial, and resurrection due to the presence of false doctrine. There is the teaching of the truth as it is in Christ. He says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. Here is truth. Here is accurate preaching. The truth of Christ and his resurrection. Then the twisting of the truth as it is in Christ. Paul goes on to say, How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? They were twisting the truth. They were bringing a lie and mixing in error with the truth and so perverting the gospel and destroying the foundation and corrupting the fundamentals of the message of God's good news toward man, that is, of the salvation of the soul from sin. And so Paul meets it head on. Now here's the problem with the false doctrine that had entered into the midst of the Corinthian church. Number one, it perverted Christianity's Savior. Verse 13, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. So without the resurrection of the dead, then there is no resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, either. And without the resurrection of Christ, we don't have a Lord for a Savior. We would have a liar for a Savior. For he said he would rise from the dead. We would have one who has defrauded us, one who has deceived us rather than one who has delivered us. If there be no resurrection from the dead, then we would have one still dead in the grave and not alive in the glory. We would have one down in the tomb and not up on the throne. Yes, brethren, false doctrine perverts Christianity's Savior. If there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Number two. Paul says it would pervert Christianity's substance. So without the resurrection of the dead and of Christ, we have an empty proclamation. Look at verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. There's no use in opening your Bible. There's no use in preaching the gospel. There's no use in telling men this great and wonderful good news For our preaching is vain, it's empty, it's useless, it's pointless, it's without profit, it is without good, it is without gain, it is an empty proclamation. But then also, he says, and if Christ be not risen, your faith is also vain. Not only do we have an empty proclamation if there's no resurrection of the dead and there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we have an empty profession. Our faith is in a dead man, not in a living Lord. And so our profession is empty. It's vain. But it also perverts, number three, 
not only Christianity's Savior, Christianity's substance, but Christianity's stand is perverted in verse 15. Look there with me, please. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. Our stand as Christians, our voice, our testimony, our witness is perverted if there's no resurrection of the dead, if there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the truth of God is discredited. And the testimony of God is discredited if Christ did not rise from the dead. And the world has enough reason to find us as false witnesses. They don't need this false doctrine that Christ did not rise from the dead and there's no resurrection of the dead. It would pervert Christianity's stand and substance and Savior. So Paul would deal with this false doctrine. But fourthly, it also perverted Christianity's salvation. Without the resurrection of the dead and of Christ, there's no deliverance from sin. Look at verse 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. There is no deliverance from sin if Christ did not rise from the dead, for he did not obtain justification until he was raised again for our justification. Romans chapter 4. He died for our sins, but then he was buried and he rose again to prove our sins were gone, that we could be justified, that he had paid the price in full. But not only no deliverance from sin if there's no resurrection from the dead, but no deliverance from hell. Verse 18, Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. What a sad thought. But if Christ did not rise from the dead, then all those who have already went to the grave, who had professed faith in Christ, had a vain an empty profession, in a false Messiah, in a lying Savior, in a dead man. So if Christ did not rise from the dead, then the dead in Christ would then be perishing under the wrath of God in hell. And all those alive now are swiftly headed to the same destruction with a false assurance of eternal life if Christ did not rise from the dead. Not only the problems of the false doctrine, but now the persuasion of false doctrine. Look at verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If men were persuaded by this false doctrine, to believe there was no resurrection from the dead and of the dead, then they have no hope beyond the grave. Misery, defeat, enter the heart, the home, and the church. False doctrine will destroy a local church and destroy a ministry that is bringing glory to God. 
False doctrine is dangerous due to its persuasion, due to its problems, and due to its presence. We must meet it head on with the scriptures, stand boldly for what God has proclaimed in his written word, and trust God to uproot the false doctrine and then move out the false teachers as we put them out of the church, exposing them for the liars that they are, the deceivers that they are, the frauds that they are, false apostles, ministers of darkness, clothed in a false light as provided to them by Satan himself, who also transforms himself into an angel of light. So the fundamentals of the gospel have been declared. They have been defended. Next time together, the Lord willing, we'll begin looking at the second portion of the chapter, which is the greater part of the chapter, as we study the force of the gospel. And this is why they call this chapter the resurrection chapter. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.